0: Today is Tuesday, May thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andrews. A budget deal has reportedly been reached, but a growing number of Republicans are not convinced. Well, have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us; we love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me now, Billy. Hello, Billy. What's going on? I am. I'm excited.
1: I'm ready for the week. I'm pumped.
0: Yeah, I almost said Monday when I was doing the opening there. <laughs> it just it feels like a Monday, even though we had a three day weekend. <laughs> it does. So, it does yeah. feel like a Monday. Hopefully, everyone had a great time uh, celebrating and remembering our um, heroes who have fallen for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. Um, I hate you know, you hate that the day gets boiled down to like hot dogs and hamburgs, right? You gotta remember what we're actually doing out there.
1: But, yeah. I mean, I kept telling my kids about it, you know, because yeah. I have a seven and a ten year old and I'm like, look, you know, the fact that we can even do this, we could drive down the road or yep. go to church or do any of these things, it's because people fought and died for, for your freedom and they, they kept looking at me, but I kept saying it because I felt <laughs> yeah. convicted too. Like you yeah. wanna you wanna remember why
0: we why have we're this doing day. it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I hope everyone had A great weekend uh, with their families and friends, remembering that. And um, we got a lot coming up. We're kicking this week off with, look, this North Korea story, Billy, is that you're going to be covering here in a minute. It's insane. It's horrific. It, It is. They're already insane, but this is a new level of insane for North Korea.
1: Well, and I think it sort of blows the top of what we already know, right? It's giving us, when you hear these individual stories, it drives home just how bad it all really is. So that's the part that really shocked me.
0: Yep. So we'll get into the details on that. Plus on the main thing, Billy's got a conversation with Duck Dynasty stars Willie and Corey Robertson about their new production that they've got going on. So we're looking forward to that. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds and just days before a June 5th deadline. For potential default on government debts, Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy reached a deal to raise the debt ceiling. Now they've got to convince members in Congress to go along with it. But there's apparently a revolt brewing among some Republicans. The deal would increase the nation's $31 trillion debt ceiling by another $4 trillion through 2025. But also it places some new restraints on federal spending, both Leaders say they made compromises, but then Biden said the Speaker and I made clear from the start the only way forward was a bipartisan agreement. But he added that he made no concessions. Speaker McCarthy praised the deal, calling it good for the American public. He said it doesn't get everything we wanted, but that's divided government for you. And he said that while 95 percent of his fellow GOP members support the deal, according to Axios, as many as 60 Republican House members could vote against it, Republican Representative Ralph Norman of South Carolina called the deal insanity, saying that a $4 trillion debt ceiling increase with virtually no cuts is not what we agreed to. And on Pentecost Sunday, hundreds gathered on Jerusalem's southern steps just below the Temple Mount to pray for Israel. It began a historic evangelistic effort to reach the world. You can read more about that and other headlines over at CBNNews.com. Billy, obviously the big story right now, this debt ceiling agreement, but it doesn't seem like all Republicans here are convinced that this is uh, the deal they want.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting watching these debates, yeah. right? Because when it depends on who's in office, right? If it's a Republican versus a Democrat, how the Republicans and the Democrats are going to react based on traditional views on spending. But yeah, I mean, it's never a good sign when you don't have people on your side fully on your side. So. I don't know. I mean, we're looking at what's so stunning to me is the national debt. I mean, these trillions upon trillions of dollars that for decades now people have been warning about. And you look at that figure and it's like monopoly money. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even look real. And yet there doesn't seem to be a real seriousness to really address the issue. Really, I mean, one side talks about it more, but it seems like neither side is really that committed to it,
0: honestly. It's like if you look at this as a family budget. Right. Like it must be nice to just be able to say, "You know what, guys? Yes, we've blown through our ceiling here about every time it seems like we just keep blowing through the ceiling of our what our debt load here is. Well, let's just keep expanding it a little bit. Then that will solve the problem." I mean, isn't doesn't a family, if you're spending too much in your family, right? You have a season where you're like, "Hey, we kind of blew past our budget here. We're going in the wrong direction." What do you do? Do you just say, "Uh, let's go find some more credit cards?" Or or do you say, right, let's hunker down and let's see what we can cut? Well, at some point you have to file for bankruptcy,
1: right? I mean, that's <laughs> right. The, and I think that's the scary thing about, you know, this, because who owns all the debt? Who are we indebted to? And, and I mean, I just it's remarkable to me that the greatest country in the history of humanity is this far in debt and seems to just not care. But to your point, anybody else you'd have to file for bankruptcy. There'd be major ramifications. It just makes you wonder. When do our ramifications come and why do our politicians seem to not
0: care? Yeah, they don't seem to care. And uh, it is very concerning. And it would be nice if some of these practices that they've gotten comfortable with over the years, like it's just a narrative like, well, we've just got to reach a deal. Yay. Congratulations. Us. We reached a deal on being able to send ourselves further into debt. (laughs) Like, I don't it doesn't (laughs) seem like something to be celebrating, but. Uh, nevertheless we will be keeping tabs on that story over at cbnnews.com as these republicans voice their concerns we'll see uh, what happens with that but we're going to move over here now to um, the focus story and there is a shocking report out of north korea involving a two-year-old child who's making headlines you got to give me the details here this is crazy
1: Well, you know, let's start with the fact that North Korea has long been known as the most repressive place in the world for Christians. It ranks number one on Open Doors USA list every year, um, almost every year. And we know that Christians in particular face intense persecution simply for being Christians. There's a new report, the U.S. State Department's 2022 Report on International Religious Freedom. And that report really underscores all of these different elements uh, that we're talking about here. But there was one part of this report that was incredibly shocking. Now, this apparently happened in 2009. It's just now coming to light. There was a family that was found with a Bible, and they were Christians, and the entire family was sentenced to a prison camp for life, including their two year old child. Mm. So imagine this family, they're found with a the Bible, they're found to be Christians, they are sent to, and these prison camps are absolutely horrific, they are sent to that camp, and this two-year-old innocent child, who had nothing to do with any any of this, although again, the family didn't do anything, as right. far as we know, other than be Christians, was sent along with his parents to this camp. This story is horrifying everybody. I mean, it's making headlines all over the place, because, yeah, I, th- I think it puts a face on... What is actually happening in North Korea, yeah. right? You could talk about how bad it is, look at the numbers, but this is a two-year-old child.
0: Yeah, and I was telling my family and my kids about this story as we were preparing for for this segment, and um, they were like, "What? Why a two-year-old?" And I, and I think the only answer I can come up with, Billy, is that it's intimidation, right? Like if you if you know any of your kids, even babies and toddlers, are going to be tossed into a prison camp for life if you have a Bible or if you you know, are open about your Christianity, well, that's going to be a pretty strong deterrent. So, yep. um, but, but what else, what do you think this shows us um, about North Korea? Yeah, I think this shows exactly what you just said, how bad
1: this really is. You know, to understand the daily life for a Christian, keep in mind 50,000 to 70,000. That's the estimate for how many Christians are imprisoned in North Korea due to their faith. We are talking about tens of thousands of people. And of course, none of these numbers are definitive because you can't get any real numbers out of North Korea. Um, But Christians are seen as the most dangerous political class of people. And so it shows that they are willing to do anything. I mean, it takes a unique brand of evil and horror to take a two-year-old and put a two-year-old child in a prison camp. Let's keep in mind, this is where people go to die. They're abused, they're not fed, they're mistreated. Um, Really horrific, what we know of these camps. Do you think there's somebody in this camp taking care of this two-year-old child, right? I mean, you know what it's like to have a two-year-old. Yeah. This is a baby, practically, and it's just, yeah. So I think it shows just how denigrated and horrific the situation is inside that reclusive country.
0: Right. And and I think I mean if we're all being honest here, I mean you know that they probably if you're willing to do that to people, you're also willing to kill them. I mean there's just there's yep. there's no way that a lot of these people who are sentenced to life are making it very far. They're just going to like you said either wear them down until they die or just outright kill them. So it's it's a death sentence and it's horrific. Um, but this kind of brings the light back on North Korea. It's, it's kind of like this country that we know exists and it seems insane and then you kind of forget about it. But, but we're getting the focus back on this now. And what is, that, what is daily life like now for, for Christians in North Korea? Yeah, you can imagine
1: it's not it's not good. You have to hide out. You know, day-to-day worship, like what most people did on Sunday in this country, most Christians, going to, to church, getting up, yeah. you know, being able to do that. You know, Christians are driven into an underground church. They can't worship openly. Um, Open Doors USA has explained this in their most recent report on North Korea. And again, North Korea was the number one worst place in the world to live as a Christian. They said, quote, Christians have absolutely no freedom. It's almost impossible for believers to gather or meet to worship those who dare to meet must do so in utmost secrecy at enormous risk basically you're one mistake away you know from capture yeah. or death that's what yeah. they said so well, it's just horrific.
0: yeah it is and look we were just talking at the top of the podcast about freedom and how we're celebrating the people who preserved freedom for us here in the country and this is why we do it. I mean, if you you didn't have people like this, there's a very good chance we'd be in a similar situation to a North Korea or a China where you have oppressive governments that are even more oppressive than just your run-of-the-mill sort of big government deal, right? I mean, you get dictators, you get communists. like That's the way um, humanity trends when you don't have something... As awesome as the Constitution of the United States to protect it. This is the result when you don't have that. And so, again, it's just another reason why we are so thankful for all those people who gave their lives in defense of America's freedom when you see stuff like this. But um, what's the, the what is the most disturbing aspect of this particular case, Billy?
1: Yeah, I think the most disturbing aspect is that in 2023, we do we do so much complaining in this country about the way that things are. Yeah. And of course, we can always make things better. But the most disturbing element is that this is going on right now in this world during a time when we pride ourselves on being so progressive and we've really grown and we've moved and no, this is happening all over the world. And it's not just in North Korea. And I I think we have to wake up to that. We're in America. We enjoy so much freedom that we can complain about our lattes, not being hot enough at Starbucks while not realizing people are literally being slaughtered for simply opening a Bible. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot to pray for
0: here. 100% right. I mean, it's like we have people now, you said the latte. Also, if you don't recognize this gender I just invented four seconds ago, you're a bigot, and this is me being oppressed. They don't know anything about oppression. They know absolutely nothing about uh, uh, oppression. Just go ask Yami Park and people who have escaped North Korea what that's that's really like. So we definitely need to be praying for um, really everyone in North Korea, but especially our Christian brothers and sisters who are there. Um, what a horrible situation. And it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot that can be done about it. So we need for, we need to pray that God can open a door for, for something. I mean, I know that there are people and Christians who are faithfully sending the gospel in any way they can through balloons and other things to get that message into uh, Christians and and people in North Korea. So continue to pray for that. Appreciate bringing that story here today, Billy. We're going to move over to the main thing now and duck dynasty stars, Willie and Corey Robertson. They, are on a mission to bring the gospel through Hollywood. The husband and wife duo, they're producing a new musical called His Story, and they shared their powerful faith story with Billy on today's main thing. So Willie and Corey, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. It's
2: good to be here.
3: Thanks for having us. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you guys. So you always have so many fascinating things going on, and this project, His Story, the musical, Willie, tell us a little bit about how you guys came to be involved in this.
2: Okay, this one was crazy. Um, So I was writing a book on sharing your faith uh, that Lord Will will be out next spring. And I was kind of stuck actually on the part of the gospel, which is interesting. (laughs) I was stuck on that. I just was trying. I was like, is this sounding right? And uh, I get this text. I was in a hotel room. I was trying to type on my book and I get a text from the director of this musical, his story. And I didn't know anything about it. And it was one of the songs, and I was just blown away. And I was like, this is it. It was like I was hearing God saying there's other ways to get the gospel out. Um, you know, and so I told Corey about it, and I was hoping she uh shared in my enthusiasm. And yeah, Willie,
3: uh, Willie brought it to me, and literally he had tears in his eyes, and I'm like, okay, there's something something special about this. Like Willie's crying, but then also Willie has a tendency to read, like, when he says he read a book, that means he just read the first chapter, and he's like, (laughs) I'm all in. He goes just all in immediately, and I'm like, okay, well, that sounds amazing. I'm with you, but, like, we should probably watch the whole thing before we decide that we're (laughs) going to jump all in on this, and then we watched the whole... They had done a workshop in New York of the whole musical, and we watched it, and we were both, like, bawling and had chills the whole time, and we're like, okay, there's something really special about this. So. so no
2: one reached out to us asking us to like be a celebrity endorser. This is one we just saw and then we asked uh, how can we be a part of this and then we became producers and uh, and it's happened so quickly. It's like I mean it was just last year at this time that we were even talking about the concept of of doing it and and now here we are already, you know, it's already playing so it, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, one thing that's really amazing about your story and your family's story is that you guys, you you came off of Duck Dynasty and you haven't stopped. I mean, you've been doing lots of different media projects. And I'd love to ask you about this, Corey, because it seems like you've really branched out into a lot of different directions from obviously every type of multimedia there is now musicals. Were you guys passionate about these kinds of projects before or did Duck Dynasty sort of catapult you in that direction?
3: I would say definitely Duck Dynasty catapulted us in that direction. And it's really probably different than what you might imagine. But the reason it did is because we really just saw the power of entertainment in shaping people. And it was kind of this like the skills kind of came off of our eyes and we realized like, oh, entertainment is really shaping our culture for good or for bad, you know, because we just saw the impact of Duck Dynasty and how people would come up with tears in their eyes and say, um, because of your show, you know, our family is going to church now, or, or because of your show, we pray together as a family. Your show has saved our marriage. You know, just it, we had this little funny show about a family, you know, with a <laughs> uncle, and it just impacted people in really powerful ways. And so it did from then on. And we were like, okay, we have to do some, do more of that. There's, we need more Christian people entertainment. We need more, more believers. We're called to be the light of the world. And, for some reason, a lot of times Christians are kind of scared of Hollywood where we're like, no, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to the world. But for us, we just felt like, OK, we really need to be champions and asking other believers to get in this space. So we did start a production company called Tread Lively Productions, and um, we're doing podcasting and unscripted television. We're getting into some scripted television, film and a musical which, yeah, it's
1: incredible. I mean, I, I love and I'd love for you to reflect on that, too, Willie, because you guys were in the midst of this show. People are coming up to you. you're seeing how their lives are being changed. And I mean, let's be honest, Duck Dynasty, it transformed at the time what was going on in me, there was nothing else like it. I think people were shocked. Secular people were like, what in the world is this family praying, you know, at meals? Christians were like, what in the world is going on? Like they're showing us Christians. So Willie, what was that experience like for you kind of being at the center of that sort of cultural moment?
2: It was, it was, well, it was crazy. It was insane. (laughs) There's no playbook for that. Uh, uh, In some ways, overwhelming, uh, just trying to then run a business and you know, we also doing that as well. And so it's not like you can just call a timeout. Uh, so it was really fast, but it, it I think it forged us and got us ready for uh, even more things and different things like Corey said, uh, not necessarily TV where we're on TV, but it was more like, um, you yeah, know, I think it just cast a vision for a lot of people uh, to do that. So it was crazy. I mean, it afforded us a lot of opportunities to to sit at the table with people with other dreams and ideas and, um, it, it, you know, for me, you know, like books uh, continue to come along, but also speaking, I, mean, I speak a lot. I speak uh, a lot of weekends. I'm out talking to either churches or groups or business groups or, you know, uh, that was the thing. It was kind of like there was a bunch of different uh, avenues that we could go with it. And so uh, and I love doing that and sharing our story. And just the more we were out there amongst people just seeing, like Corey said, how entertainment can drive that. But also business and family, marriages staying together. I mean, all these things are are part of the culture, you know, make our culture yeah. what it is. And sadly, it's a, you know, it, there's a lot of negative for sure. And so we just decided we can either sit and complain about all the negativity that we see or we could try to offer light and better solutions than other entertainment which i think Doug Dynasty was that it was at the, i mean at the time it was a it was a little light amongst a lot of darkness right i mean was it it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like everybody was Ending their show with a prayer, or being positive, or not having cursing or nudity, and all, or fighting, you know, and all this. So, um, so we were able to take that and say, let's go more. And it's not necessarily overt Christian. Our our show was not that Doug Nasty wasn't a Christian show, and we wanted to help show people you can be believers, you can be Christians. We don't have to tag everything with Christian. Uh, you can just be a Christian and be, in, you know, and, and impact whatever uh, you're at, whether that's business or entertainment or movies or whatever. Just just make it more positive, more palatable for people that they can sit and watch without all the, you know, the worldliness, uh, you know, pounding on us. And I think everybody's weary of that and are looking for something. And so our job now is to, to message, to, especially to believers, that we have to support these things. We have to, you know, get on board mm-hmm. with that. If not, they're, they're not... They'll go away and then we'll just have more of what we what we have from the world has to offer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to I want to get back into the musical in a second here, but I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, Corey, about, you know, Christians get afraid of Hollywood. And I think and I'll say this, I won't put it on you to say, but I think it's the same with media and and universities and, you know, all these places that are really difficult, um, truly, when it comes to secular ideology and all of the all of this stuff that's getting thrown at people. But yet when we're not present in those areas at all there's more darkness. There's not, there's not as much light. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about that because I I think it's incredible that your passion area is helping bring, you know, have a presence, I guess, in those arenas.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was, we really noticed that whenever we decided we were going to do Duck Dynasty because people would be like, whoa, you know, your kids are going to end up on drugs and you're going to get divorced. Like, that's what happens when you get into reality TV. And we were like, wait, but aren't we called to be a light in the world? And, you know, shouldn't we go into these dark places? And, I think that's, you know, what Jesus did and but I do remember a time whenever so when Sadie got asked to dance with the stars that was a moment for me that I was like, "Whoa, okay. Should I really as a mom let my daughter who's 17 years old go to Hollywood?" You know, it was kind of one of those moments of like, should we stay in our little box because this is comfortable? Like I think a lot of times we do as Christians, we stay in our churches, we stay in our places that are comfortable and I remember having that you know, fear all of a sudden, and another really wise woman said to me, "She's like, you don't need to be scared for Sadie." She said she has a spirit of God in her, and she is going to go to Hollywood and be a light out there. And she said she doesn't need to be scared; the devil needs to be scared. And it was this like, "Whoa, that's so true!" You know, as Christians, we should be, you know, courageous. We're called to be strong and courageous, not have a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and sound mind. And so, I just believe that. um, you know, God called us into that. And he, you know, we look back on our life and see how he prepared us each step of the way for it. We were doing ministry in other ways before. And someone asked me the other day um, out on a podcast and just, she just said, do you think, still feel like you're in ministry? Cause I was a children's minister at one point and Willie's a youth minister. And I was like, yeah, I think we all are like, that's what we're all called. We're all called to be in ministry in whatever field we are, whether we're doctors or lawyers or school teachers or whatever. We're called to ministry if we're, um, you know, followers of Jesus.
0: All right, Billy, appreciate that conversation. There, we're going to have time here for one last thing. This all reminds me of Matthew five forty four, But I tell you,
1: love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, no matter what is going on, it's so easy to get angry when we face persecution. But we're talking about deadly persecution mm-hmm. here. And I think we have to remember to pray for North Korea, for uh, the leaders there and for all the other countries where this goes on, just offering prayers up for changed hearts and minds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And do we really believe that God is the one who can change hearts and minds and make leaders rise and fall? Well, if we do, we should be praying exactly what you just said, um, for them, for that to happen. And, um, I, I join in that. I joined in that because they need it. They need it desperately, uh, as do a lot of places. So, all right, that's going to be it for the podcast today. Appreciate you being here. Lord willing. And that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.